Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Sophie. Welcome back to our weekly podcast. I'm glad you're here. I hope you're learning as we go along because we're trying to do things that we hope will educate, entertain, and at the end of the day, make your life better. So if not, let us know. And if we are, really let us know. Last week, we talked about sleep. We talked a lot about sleep, how to get it, what it means, sleep cycles, understanding it better. Can you make up for lost sleep? Really great questions that everyday people like me and you want to know about their life and sleep and how important it is and why it's an integral part to us as human beings for every single thing that we do. And it's why I keep it as sweep, the number one thing on the top of the, th- the chart for me, because if a patient of mine or I don't sleep, then we got to fix that piece first because everything else falls into place. So really, it was a great podcast and it's a very important aspect of our life. So take a listen. As you know, you can find all my podcasts on my website, www.drsophie.com or on iTunes. But this week, we have a new topic, and it is called the midlife crisis. We've all had it. I don't know if I had mine yet, but I think some of you guys have had it. But if you don't have it and didn't have it, it's coming. Trust me. If you did have it and you still don't understand it, take a listen because you need to hear about it. We're going to talk about the midlife crisis. Is there even such a thing? How does it get triggered? Does it get triggered? Are there different types? Do men have a different one than women? Are they at different ages? What what goes on? Is it a body hormonal thing? Is it, you know, the death of a parent maybe and life moving on? We're going to talk a lot about it today. So come on back. one eight five five sophie now or one eight five five seven six seven four nine six six. Every caller gets a free signed copy of my book side by side. So joining me today as my special guest talking about midlife crisis is Catherine Adams. Catherine Adams received her master's in social work in 1984 from the University of Michigan and her doctorate in social work in 2001 from the University of Maryland. She has been on faculty at the Mandel School of Applied Social Science in Case Western Reserve in Cleveland since about 2003. She's an associate professor with tenure. She teaches courses, she does a lot of academic research, and she's going to tell us all about the midlife crisis and take some callers with me. Catherine, are you with me? Yes, hello. How are you? Good. Good are, to be here. Are you having a midlife crisis, or you can be on the uh, phone? A little bit. Yeah, I think that was sort of my, um, you know, it was a personal thing for me to start. Um, I started uh, doing a regular blog on the Psychology Today website uh, about midlife and issues of midlife and aging, primarily for women. Um, my research areas are more in just working with older adults and um, mental health and more in late life, but here I am entering, you know, I was entering midlife and going through all the things that people go through. So. Well, I thought, well, I'll just stretch my aging interest down a little into midlife. Well, that that leads me into uh, tell tell us a little bit about like, do they even exist, or is it just like a term people give a period in their life? You mean midlife crisis? Yeah, they, do they actually? Is it something that actually happens, or is it just like a term for a period of time? Um, I think it's I think it's a little bit of both. Um, research has, to some extent, debunked the idea that the midlife crisis is, is a very common thing. But the, um, 
there are certainly some people who go through it and um, really have a lot more difficulty at midlife um, in terms of their, you know, psychological well-being and, you know, do things that are that are behaviorally very different from what they've been doing. And, and so why? Might why is that, that? And say that's a midlife crisis. But why are they doing those things? Well, I think that the, the origin of the idea of the midlife crisis is that people um, were starting to realize that they're getting older, that life is more than half over or, you know, possibly about half over, depending on what age. Yeah. I think we think of midlife uh, is kind of agreed, I guess, for like for around from 40 to <gasps> 60. <gasps> really? 40 to I'm 60. getting there. Yeah, yeah. Not. So that, you know, um, when people have issues that come up between, you know, that's a lot of years, 20 yes. years between 40 and 60, yeah. uh, there's the tendency to say, oh, I'm having a midlife crisis. But really, um, you know, my, my interest is really just in all the issues that affect midlife people, and especially midlife women. And I sort of see, see some themes that kind of um, spurred my interest in, you know, doing kind of a, a commentary about some of these themes, um, especially things about women uh, and our l- seeming lack of self-acceptance, you know, in, yeah. as getting older, you know, women sort of want to fight getting older to such an extent, and um, this thing of, you know, letting ourselves get old <laughs> is kind of an, uh, a nice way of putting it that was in my first blog post, and I keep kind of coming back to that, that, you know, if we want to be authentic yeah. uh, people, we can't deny or sort of disavow a really important aspect of ourselves, which is our age. And um, so, and sort of all the different things around that. But that's, that's really only one theme yeah. of midlife, but it's definitely something that's of interest to me. And do you know what people, like, is there a physiologic part to this whole thing? Well, I think by around 40, many women are starting to go through perimenopause, so their moods are up and down and up and down, and um, they're also noticing, you know, a lot of women at 40 are already talking about how they feel old. I mean, even women at 30 are talking about how they feel old, and I can kind of remember back that, you know, depending on your place in life, you know, if you wanted to get married and you haven't gotten married by 30, well, at 40, if you wanted to get married and you haven't gotten married, then you're really feeling old. Um, or if you wanted to have children or a certain job. Right. Um, so I think the attitude, you know, is there sort of from society and from reality. But women have not only, you know, menopause to look forward to, but the biological clock, of course, is ticking for women if that's something they're really invested in is the idea of having children, their, their opportunity yeah. to do so really increased. The window's closing. Around the early 40s. So like the window's closing. How about guys? Um, guys, I think it's a little different. I think they're not as affected until later, I think a little later. But for but the I, same... I'm really not as um, expert about the men's in- issues. Well, most of the stuff that I read, it's pretty much similar to like what you would describe with women. They come to a point when they see life, maybe the windows are closing or they're in their 60s, late 50s. And, you know, it's kind of like, oh, my gosh, is this it? Yeah. 
yeah, I think that that's the age where men too, if you know, if they haven't had a good feeling about their work life or what they've really been able to accomplish in life uh, or their relationships aren't going well. Right. Um, that That's hard. And, of course, there's some stressors at midlife that are very common. And I think, you know, in, in my um, blogging about it, I've kind of covered several, like, um, distressors of increasing, of course, care of our older parents and you know, if you're part of a couple, sometimes you're dealing with four older parents at one time and all their health issues that you want to help. You know, sometimes they need a lot of support. Yeah. Lots um, of. Rem- so in other words, lots of reminders that. Yeah. Life that is you're getting older. Yeah. All right. Let's take uh, you into taking a call with me. Sure. OK. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Gina, are you with us? Hi. I'm so glad you're on this topic. Hey. I really need some help. You're on the phone with Dr. <laughs> Sophie Hello. and Catherine. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for calling. Um, okay, so I'm 40, Ooh. and I feel like I've made some bad decisions with the first 40 years, and I feel like I have not done the things that I wanted to do with my life, and I feel like I've ruined my life, Aww. and the things that I have wanted and that I, as a little girl, saw my life to be, I feel like... You know, you can't turn back time, and the, the, the opportunity for those things are gone, and I'm never going to get those back, and I just feel like it's like time to accept it instead of keep beating myself up over, you know, the way that my life is. But everyone's like, oh, you shouldn't give up. You should keep, and I'm just like, why? Why should I? I feel like I should just, like, accept that those opportunities are gone and this is the age that I am now and just move forward. Yeah. Dr. Adams, what do you think? Hi. Yeah. Hi. Of course, I have to say 40 to me does not sound old. I'm 55. I'll just say it. I said Ooh. it out loud. Okay. Uh, Mark so, it down. You know, I'm, I'm at a, a later stage than you are, but um, I think there's kind of a two-part process that we have to go through when you know you're you're expressing um you know a feeling of regret about how you did certain things back in back in the past and throughout you know life but it that kind of regret is very common but it really is something that we need to kind of on a daily basis kind of try to forgive ourselves for those earlier things and try to look ahead and so it's kind of like turning back and thinking well that was me then I had these constraints on me maybe I was you know I'm not thinking of you specifically but maybe I was more insecure then maybe I was drinking too much maybe Maybe you're yeah maybe you're maturing whatever, whatever and and try to forgive yourself and meanwhile even though maybe maybe you won't get to do what you had hoped way back when you can re you can re envision what you want now for the future because at 40 there's still a lot of time ahead i mean dr adams why can't gina say well i didn't get to do all those other things but hey there's a whole bunch of new things i can build and i'm building them with a better brain and eyes and depth of learning because I do think we all learn and develop and mature, you know, emotionally 
and even intellectually, we learn so much. When I think back to when I was 20 and now, boy, have I learned over the years. Uh, so, you know, you're in a better place now. You've got more resources as you move forward than you did when you were 20 and making some of these decisions that you're talking about. I mean, how about, you know, I always tell people they feel regret, Gina, about past or things that have happened. But why don't people ever look at those things as great learning moments and turn them into things you don't want to do or you learn from and won't do again instead of just stuck on the fact that it was a negative experience? You know, I think it's important to look at those things and that's what's going to catapult you out of it. That's where the forgiveness for you starts when you look at them and say, you know what? I forgive myself. I didn't know any better, but I learned, and now I can take that learning and move it forward. Yeah, I feel what's so hurtful to me is that there are so many things that I wanted to do with my kids, and now I'm looking at reality going, uh, you but, know, they're at the age. I, can't, I mean, but, my son's almost 16. He's, he doesn't yeah. want to go to Disneyland but with Gina, me. You know what Gina, I mean? Gina, but, right. <laughs> but I'm just going to say, Gina, I, I've had some of these same feelings. I know you're not alone in that kind of... Um, that kind of regret, you know, one thing I've noticed is the childhoods, our own childhoods, but especially the childhoods of our kids seem to just go by so fast. I know. And there's mm -hmm. always things that seem to take priority, you know, the priority maybe wasn't on that kind of particular thing. But you guys but, are forgetting this is why God made grandchildren. Well, that's true. <laughs> who who loves who better to love your children? But what a better way to love your kid than to love their kids? Right. But sometimes when you have a sixteen-year-old, you're not hoping to have grandchildren too soon. I no, know but you have that to look forward to. Use you what you yeah. got now, sixteen to whatever, and then look forward to doing it with grandkids. Because none of us come out really knowing how to parent, what and we do the best say, I can. My uh, my kids are in their late teens and early twenties. I have two kids, and and. We moved out to the San Diego area and um, about a year ago. And what did they both want to do? They wanted to go nearby. We have Legoland. And here they were, 18 and 21. There you go. And we went to Legoland, and they had a blast. See? And it was really <laughs> fun. And they knew they were a little older than the usual, but it was just fun. So, you know... The good That's thing is the kind of thing you could think about too, even though you have, and sometimes sixteen can be a rough age, and maybe you know in another year or two, I felt my son kind of came around a bit after there were some rough high school years where you know he had to separate and not really get all involved with family stuff, but now he's much more interested. And Gina, remember, like Dr. Adams was saying, sixteen is probably emotionally maybe twelve or fourteen, so you got some time, enjoy it. Yeah. And look forward okay. to what's coming. But your body's <laughs> going to go through changes. Your mind's going to go through changes. These are all normal and healthy things to accept because the longer you fight them and feel regretful, and Dr. Adams, you know better, the more it holds you up. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, I appreciate your help. You're welcome. Stay <laughs> Thanks. Right. Have a good day. Talking Bye. To you. Thanks. So, Dr. Adams, is that kind of like a common thing you hear? Well, I think the midlife regrets and the gr regrets about what we didn't do or didn't manage to do in, in our 
earlier adulthood. Um, it can take a lot of different forms. Um, I was thinking maybe Gina was someone who had not had children, and here she's 40. But yeah. but no, she has a 16-year-old, and, and it sounds like other children. And right. she was really looking back at just how the the childhoods of her kids had gone. And, and so... Um, you know that's hard. There, you know, some things we can't make right always exactly. Right. But we can go forward. And yeah. um, if we don't learn from our mistakes, we're nothing. I really feel right. that. Right. So, Good. Uh, one other quick question about moods: Are there always? Is there always a mood component? Prefer preferentially thinking about like a depression in a midlife crisis. Do people need to think that that's a piece of it always, or no? Not always. I think for some people, it's, you know, more that they just start to act differently and, you know, maybe get all concerned about their appearance. I mean, that's kind of a stereotype, but there's something to that, because if people are noticing that they look older and they're not comfortable looking older because they have an image of themselves as being younger, then they might start to do some things, you know, Again, living, one of the reasons I kind of got interested in this topic was living uh, for the first time in Southern California. There's just so many plastic surgeons and things out here um, that I had not seen when I was working in Cleveland and teaching at Case Western Reserve. Um, It's just a real emphasis on getting the midlife uh, folks to pay to try to look younger and feel younger and be younger. And to me, that's a little bit sad that we're so afraid of aging or kind of ashamed of of aging and looking older. It's something to embrace. Yeah. Good job. All right. Let's take a voicemail. Hang on. Hi, Dr. Sophie. My name is Brittany. So my dad has been kind of all over the place lately. He quit his job. He's hanging out with kind of new a new crowd new friends and he just bought a motorcycle so i wanted to know if this sounds like a midlife crisis and if so what can i do to help Hmm. i'm looking forward to hearing the answer thank you so much interesting what do you think well, that's a pretty that's a pretty typical kind of stereotypical yeah. midlife crisis for men. Yes, um, they're always buying something and changing it up. The you know that the, the sports you know, car on the internet when they talk about midlife crisis, it's always the red sports car. But her her dad, it's the motorcycle, and mine was a white one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you know, there's nothing wrong with with buying something like that and and doing something different as long as it's uh, something you can afford and you're not just like you know having to hawk all your, you know, yeah. clothes and stuff in order to do it. But, um, you know, there might be something to be more concerned about as far as the quitting of the job, uh, if the person seems to be, you know, really using poor judgment. Yeah. But sometimes people are really just getting to the point where, you know, as we talked about, hey, I'm more than halfway through my life. Is this the way I want to go for the next half of my life? Maybe I don't want to continue to do this kind of job. Right. Maybe I want to change but, things up. And, of course, there's the issue then it's in our economy. It's hard to find different jobs, but, new jobs. And yeah. There is a lot of ageism in the workplace and in hiring, so it's harder to get jobs, especially for people over 50. Okay, but that, that leads me to another question, though. Like, So, yeah, I guess a job is something, if you're looking at changing, is a possibility. But like this girl, 
if that father takes this stuff further, that could break up a family. So, like, I guess I would say, are there things that you would recommend people do if they have a parent or a friend or a relative, somebody they know going through this, that are making these decisions, hanging out with different kinds of people, things to make them feel basically younger? And, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. yes, it's cool to buy the car and okay, as long as it's bought with the right context and understanding. But when you're hanging out and changing life and what do you do? What do we tell people? Well, it's kind of, I think it's kind of an issue if the the person is a part of a a marriage or a, you know, a committed partnership, then you really have to take into account both partners. And if... um, so you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right. And if only, if all, I mean, actually, if the partners are kind of on the same wavelength and approximately close in age, then often they can kind of go through this together and both try to do some things to make them yeah. feel younger. And, together, you know, though. Start an exercise right. program together right. or, you know, get some new things for the house right. to make them feel better um, about being a little bit right. older. But the but key is to get Sometimes if one person kind of goes off and says, oh, I'm going to be younger, and, you know, that, and that, of course, happens when, yeah. you know, you see affairs uh, in the midlife time for, for both sexes. It used to be, you know, men were the only ones having affairs, but now, you know, a lot of women are out there working and they're having affairs as well. Not always just at midlife, but um, that's certainly one of the, one of the times you know, because it's something to sort of shore up your sense of yourself as a sexual being, which is somewhat challenged at midlife. And so really don't walk away from your life that you've built before. So when you feel this coming on, you got to take into account all of the things that are important to you and that have built in your family and stuff, because you're going to want them eventually. At some point, you're just going through a, a period of time. Yeah, it's kind of, it's a transition, yeah. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay, so tell us a little bit about you and where we can find more about you in Midlife Crisis. Well, I um, really have a a body of work that's like research papers and things that um, it's, you're only going to find me if you go Catherine Betts Adams, B-E-T-T-S, because Catherine Adams is such a common name, but it's, that bets kind of sets me apart, like on Google and everything. Um, but also, and, and most of my research, as I mentioned, was about later life and depression. And I've done quite a bit with family caregivers of dementia patients. Um, but then the midlife um, blog, I have this blog on the psychologytoday.com website and I'm one of the aging experts there and Very so it's called midlife what crisis and got it I usually uh, I have about seven I think blog entries on there and they cover a lot of the things we've been talking about and hopefully I'll keep producing them I I um, really get out a new one about once a month so but they're uh, kind of nice little thoughts Very nice one other quick question before yes. I free you up is do you ever see a role for supplements or any kinds of that kind of stuff in these processes? Um, I think that, oh, that's such a huge area. Um, and, of course, again, Southern California, it's all around me here. Um, I think it's good, for, you know, thinking especially for women um, to get really good vitamins, probiotics, um, 
some kinds of natural um, things instead of like hormone replacement. There's some natural uh, substances like black cohosh and that kind of thing. Right, right. You know, there's a lot of things that women can do to help themselves through the menopause phase and perimenopause, but also just to kind of get into being healthy, I think. I think yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's important at this time of a transition and a change yep. like this, read, you know, like jumpstart your health, jumpstart your exactly. mental health. It's a new Yeah, and, and new that and, and, of course, you know, I'm not the best person at this. I uh, And a lot of us already at this age, you know, I've said I'm 55, we have arthritis and such coming on more than we did, you know. Um, but exercise, you know, to try to keep yourself, try to keep fit. yourself healthy and fit. Got it. Thank you, Dr. Adams. Great right. information. We will be Welcome. looking for you, psychologytoday.com, and your blog is called Midlife What Crisis? And yes. we can always find you on the Internet at Catherine Betts Adams, right? Right. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Take right. care. Thank you. Have a good Bye-bye. day. Bye-bye. Well, that was interesting. Midlife crisis, I guess, by definition, I think I'm having it. I'm not sure because I have the car, but we'll see. But you guys, either you're having it, you're going to have it, you did have it, you don't want to have it, but too bad it's coming. And you got to take a look at those things. And I think the more that you own it and you see it coming or you prepare for it or you are aware of it while it's going on makes it a whole lot easier. And it also makes it a much more positive and productive part of your life because there's no way to get around it. And the key things that I'd like you to take away from today about this midlife crisis stuff is it is something that's going to happen. It happens probably, research says, and so does Dr. Adams, somewhere between the ages of 40 and 60. Women are really closer to the 40, 45, 50 range, and I think men are probably closer to the 50, 60 range, but it's going to happen. And there's many factors that go into making it happen. Women, a lot of hormonal stuff. Men, a lot of outside nature-like kind of stuff. And by nature versus nurture, I mean biologically women have a lot of the nature, nature things that are going to happen. Nature, from hormone changes to their body changes and then those effects on their mood and their self-esteem and those things. And men, much more about looking at the outside of their life. And that's called the nurture piece of their life. Getting a car or buying new clothes or the the kinds of things that are not as hormonally and physiologically driven for men. But nonetheless, there are changes. Midlife crisis is a transition time. We need to see that. The other thing I want you to learn is that you need to always be able to be that authentic person within yourself. So even though you're going through this transition in midlife crisis, man, woman, age, dependent, doesn't matter, you still need to be authentic and true to yourself. And that's going to come up for you in many different ways. So being true to yourself is the key. And then I think the third thing is you're going to feel regret. So don't find that to be foreign, scary, and want to run away from it because those regrets are the teaching moments that you can then say, wow, I wish I did, and I'm sorry I didn't get to. But you know what? That's where I was at that point. I've learned I will forgive myself and move forward to be able to make new goals, new plans, and new horizons because the regrets can hold you up if you don't own them. And then I also think that as you go through this transition and this life change and midlife crisis, you need to be aware that this is a great time for a jumpstart of your health and your mental health. And I 
implore you to please take a look at how you can recharge yourself health-wise, mental health-wise. Get into supplements. Get into exercise. Get into the things that are going to give you that boost of energy, both physically and emotionally, to be able to get through this change process. That will happen to all of us and have a great outcome. That's the way to do the midlife crisis. And I really think you need to take a listen to this podcast and really learn from it because the biggest key is going to be able to forgive yourself for the things you didn't get to do or feel sad that you did do and didn't want to do. They're the moments that you learn from and forgive yourself and move on. So midlife crisis, it's something that's going to happen to all of us. So learn what you can. I'd like to thank you all for listening today and for all of the callers and the voicemails. Podcasts are available on www.drsophie.com and on iTunes. Again, www.drsophie.com. My new phone app is coming out soon. Just gave approval for all the content. It's great. You're going to love it. Voicemail always on 1-855-767-4966 or 1-855-SOPHIE-NOW. My book, Side by Side, The Revolutionary Mother-Daughter Program for Conflict free communication is going to be on that phone app and also a really exciting workbook that you'll get to purchase so you can learn how to do these things. I want you to follow me if you can on Twitter and Facebook for any updates, TV stuff, and any new podcast. Visit iTunes to download the full version of Andy Grammer's Keep Your Head Up. And the most important thing is don't forget to sweep. But you gotta keep your head up. Oh, and